Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hollywood Live Extra with Tanya Hart. You're listening to Hollywood Live Extra. I'm Tanya Hart, and my guests today are very special. We've got Peabody Award-winning filmmaker Dan Clarez, as well as producer and legendary basketball player Earl the Pearl Monroe. Now, they've done something very special. They have a new 10-part film series called Basketball. A love story. It's airing on ESPN, but right now, right here, at this time, they are joining me. Hi, guys. How are you? We're doing fine. Hi, at least. (laughs) Hey, guys. How are you? (laughs) Thanks for having us. Oh, absolutely. I've got to ask you, I mean, this is like a sweeping complex of of stories that you put together. It's like a 62... It's 62 short stories. Is that what it is? Maybe you can explain to our audience here exactly what we're looking at. Right. It's 62 short stories. It's uh, 20 hours. And uh, as you said, Tanya, it spans uh, 10 10 nights, 20 hours. It's uh, it's not a chronological history of basketball. Uh, The stories are, are about the NBA, the ABA, college, Olympics women, foreign, issues of politics, race, business, media, television, fashion, and um, based upon 165 interviews, uh, lengthy interviews with coaches and players and journalists and commissioners, Um, and I call it a love story because the unwritten thesis is that basketball, unlike other uh, sports, has a, uh, if you're really into it. It's habit-forming. It becomes an obsession. And to me, obsession is a form of love. And therefore, each one of these stories is about the mosaic of love, the joy and the wonder and the embrace or the loss or the disappointment or the betrayal. Told through basketball. Wow. Well, I, you know, I, I married a jock, so basketball has been a very much a part of my life. And many of these people I know personally um, quite well, actually. Uh, you've got everybody in it. And, of course, you know, we are here in L.A., so do I need to say anything more about Lakers, Lakers, and LeBron? Uh I don't think so. But all that being said, let's let's take it back for a minute. Earl the Pearl Monroe. I mean, you at the time were such a force yourself, you know, in this game. How is it, Earl, that you are now, you know, fast forward to today and now you're producing this wonderful piece on a love story? Well, it's something that um, Dan had presented to me uh, a while back. Uh, um, I had been with Dan on the Black Magic piece that he won the Peabody Award for. And, you know, just talking about this particular piece, uh, I knew, you know, what the potential of it was, and I knew the type of uh, director and and producer Dan was. So I I figured it was nothing but a win-win situation. Understanding, you know, how precise Dan is and how, how, how you know, much of, of himself that he puts into these projects, uh, 
it was pretty easy to say, uh, you know, yes, uh, let, let me be involved. I'm actually, I'm involved, but I'm just tagging along on dancing. <laughs> Great that, job on this. That, that really, Earl, Earl is always a pleasure to work with, and he's understating it. He he won the Peabody also for Black Magic. It wasn't only uh huh. No, yeah, yeah, he's just trying certain. to be humble. Like he, you know what? I remember you being humble back in the day when you were the biggest star out there uh, in the NBA. So that 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 part hasn't changed, Earl. I don't think. Probably not. Well, that's look, that's, that's real nice of you to say. Uh, but you know, working on this project with Dan and and the other guys, I mean, you know, this is a tremendous undertaking. And uh, you know, not only Dan but all the other producers and editors and whatnot. You know. They, this is a tremendous job, and, and I think the results of it, you know, is what we see. And everybody that I've talked to so far, you know, has fallen in love with this. With this. Uh, you, uh, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you've got 165 legends in here. And these are, when I say legends, we're talking about household names all over the planet. Uh, Larry Bird, Bill Russell, Oscar Robertson, Kobe Bryant, I mean, uh, Steph Curry. And and I love the fact that, yes, women are certainly included as well we should be on this. Um, so it's like women's leagues. It's it's everybody. How long did it take to put this together? Yeah, well, uh, I look back, it's kind of a stunning, actually. It, four and a half years to do 20 hours. It takes me two years to do a 90-minute film. So from start to finish, this is four and a half years. So there, there, was, um, there was a lot of pressure. <laughs> mm-hmm. And not, not only in figuring it out, which stories we're going to tell and who we're interviewing and where we're going with it and how we're going to change and be flexible, but... All of that is the storytelling part, which is the joy of it, and the editing part. I had seven editors working round the clock, and five assistant wow. editors, and five researchers. It was a real team, and Earl is a producer, and a couple of other great producers. And uh, but then you get to the protosorial part, the licensing part of you know. There's a hundred and two songs in this twenty hours, and it's everyone from Smokey to. Prince, to Stevie Wonder, to Bob Dylan, to the Grateful Dead, to the Temptations, to the Supremes, to Michael, mm. the two Michael Jackson songs, Sly. And you know what's funny? You, 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 I give this music to some kids, you know, 20, 30-year-olds, and they're, they're looking at me like, I actually had a kid the other day, never heard of Dylan. Okay. (laughs) See, this is why it's important to do what you guys are doing, because honestly, if we don't start letting folks know this history, these the younger kids just they'll they'll lose it and then they will be in trouble. And we'll all be you know, right now, they're our biggest fans, you know, once they see it. I mean people are really digging it. We're we're lucky, and I, and, and I think we had the right approach, the short story approach, as opposed to this linear chronological history. The third story in the whole film takes place in 1994-95, and that's when P.J. Carlissimo gets choked by his own player, Latrell Sprewell. Then we cut to Naismith. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, for those who don't know, Naismith was the guy out of Springfield, Massachusetts, that actually started the game of basketball back in the 1800s, I believe. Uh, it, James it, 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 Naismith, that's exactly it? right. In the 18, yeah. 1890s, you know, it was a recreational so, thing. You 
Right. Well, that's there's all sorts of well. issues of uh, social injustice and politics and race in the film and exploitation, and and it's not only to people of color. If you if what I learned when I was going along is that it was largely to women also. And basketball is that sport of the outsider. When you first look at it, it was the it was the blacks and the Jews and the Irish who who uh, migrated and immigrated to different parts of the Eastern Shore, and then the Middle European immigrants that started moving to Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio, and they were always the outsider, always the outsider, and that's now a global phenomenon. You're not having rich kids in Lithuania playing basketball and coming to the States. This yeah, is the sport. No. No, you're, you're so right. You know, uh, before we started out uh, this conversation on the air, we were talking earlier, uh, Dan, about the whole, the, the just the venom that's going on right now and the hatred in our country. And it's so funny because basketball is one of those, and in most sports, to tell you the truth, have, has been the thing that has brought America and the world together. I mean, you look at basketball, you look at the styles and the fashions, and all of the guys in the NBA and the girls and you know in the WBA and what they bring to the world because everybody in the world looks at them and then they want to be like them which is a great thing because they are all very accomplished people but Earl, I, I've got to ask you, because you came up in a time where, you know, things were, of course, they're seemingly back to where they were way a, a long time ago now, but you came up in a more difficult time. How was that versus now? Like your time, say, versus LeBron's time now in terms of race relations oh, and things like that? Well, that was, well, back in those days, you know, you have to remember that when I came into the league, there, there were only 12 teams in the league. So consequently, you had all these guys coming out and, you know, how many can play, actually play pro. Uh, also, back in those days, there were quotas as far as how many blacks could be on a team. And, right. you know, as that manifested itself, you know, over and over the years, then things started to change, you know, things, uh, you know, there were more blacks that were, they got into the league up until the, the late 70s, early 80s where you had uh, 80, 80, 85% of the players in the league were black. And that in itself caused another problem in the, in the fact that uh, now the league was too black. So, you know, there are different facets of this whole scenario that, uh, you know, raises the question about basketball. But as you said, whatever the case may be, it still brought people together. Uh, one of the things that happened to me when I was in college was that we were a black school, but we were the first ones to bring blacks and whites together to sit there and look at basketball. So basketball is a universal language. Um, and that's why it's, I guess it's so globally you know, accepted and, and now it's a global game. It really is. I, and I, I, I know, I go ahead, Dan. I, I agree. I, it, it's a... Um, it's a common denominator. You know, David Stern um, posed the question at Davos about two years ago. And the question was, uh, can a ball change the world? That's the question. And um, I'm not so sure it could change the world, but it could really do a hell of a lot of good, you know? Mm -hmm. A hell of a lot of good. I mean, people... 
playing together, having a common pursuit and a common goal, of course there's always going to be friction within any team or organization. But it doesn't necessarily mean that friction is based upon color. You know, that's for sure. I can't speak for Earl, but I'm sure that he had plenty of teammates that that he loved and some others that he didn't feel the same way about. And they they range from every color. Am I right, Earl? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, the great, great thing about especially being here in New York, is the fact that I was on a team that that was a, a, so well, you know, diversified, but at the same time, you know, very conscious. Uh, we had two Rhodes Scholars on that, you know, that particular Nick team with uh, Jerry Lucas mm-hmm. and, and Bill Bradley, who eventually became a senator. Later on, there was another guy on the team, uh, Tom McMillan, who also became a senator. So, you know, the awareness of race and the, aware, the consciousness of what America is, you know, was so well-versed on, on that team that that team basically represented what America was about. Earl, you yes. play, it's funny, I forget, you play with three Rhodes Scholars, man. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> I was the smartest guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I never heard of anyone play with three Rhodes Scholars. <laughs> and, and Earl was just as smart as everybody else. I want our audience to know that they are listening to Hollywood Live Extra. I'm Tanya Hart. We've got Peabody Award-winning filmmaker Dan Clarez, as well as producer and legendary basketball player Earl the Pearl Monroe joining me here today talking about basketball ball a love story i gotta ask you guys so out of all the interviews and you you got everybody on there who was probably the most difficult get on this mainly because they were too busy or whatever but who did you have the most difficult time trying to bring into this that's a you know 165 people and the gets they weren't a problem it's the (laughs) (laughs) non-gets A few of those. <laughs> okay. You know, so, <laughs> you know, and, and I think we had a great batting percentage of, uh, we, we got 165, I think, out of 169. And then there's the people oh. that chose not to call up, which I regret some of those, maybe poor decision making. And uh, about eight or nine I dedicate the film to my dad and to Ben Job, the great coach from seven different historical black colleges who passed about a year and a half ago. And and um, so uh, he, 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 he's left us, as have a number of others, Moses Malone and Mel Daniels and Jack Ramsey and Connie Hawkins. So the, mm. the Gets weren't the big problem. LeBron came in and Kobe came in and Curry and Steve Kerr and Kevin Durant and from the contemporary guys. Contemporary guys, um, yeah. And they're all wonderful like that, though. You know, they give a lot. People don't often realize that, but they do. You know, you look at what LeBron's done. You look at what Kobe's done. You look at all these guys. I mean, you know, the magic. I call him Irvin because we were all at MSU together at the same time. But you look at what he has done, and it's more than amazing and i'm talking about not in basketball but just giving back to the community and, and, and actually really tomorrow good. night there's a big big scene on magic and it's all about uh, magic and hiv and, yes. and that's another thing about the game and it sounds strange but in a very maybe god had something to do with this um it it, it, it in, in a way 
if that was going to happen, the fact that it happened to a great basketball player, as opposed to someone in another sport, and under the leadership and empathy of the basketball community, even though there were critics and fear was expressed and I won't play with him, look what that has done to the understanding of that plague, you know? No, you're right. It was the basketball community, uh, not not only the courage of magic. So um, I, I, I can't even imagine... That 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 in another the, the, the leadership there with Stern and Russ Granick uh, was, was stupendous, and the Laker organization actually it's a big yes. scene tomorrow night, and there's new stuff in it. And that that's the other thing. There's so many revelations throughout the whole film and all 63 stories that that people have no idea that they, that they know about. I mean, I think we really reached some very intricate moments on and off the court. Well, you really do. Yeah, I have to say this about magic. Go and ahead. I also uh-huh. think the fact that uh, because, you know, some people might know the story, I think it's very interesting the way Dan approached it and the angle that he approached it that makes it even more interesting. Wow. I didn't want I to do, s- Tanya, the same old stuff that's always been done, like the, the Kentucky-Texas uh, Western game. Right. You know that yes, game? Yes, yes. Yeah, I do. Know, when that five was in 19- black players yep. beat five white players yep. in 1966 for the first time in an NCAA title. That's about, been made into a Hollywood movie and all of that stuff. But I wanted to do that story. Is What did that win mean to the black household in America in 1966? What did that mean? Win mean to the recruitment of African American players to schools below the Mason Dixon line? Then, not okay. Five blacks beat five whites. I mean, that's of course in it. And because I went back to like, I mean, I wasn't born when Joe Lewis was around, but my father. That's all they would speak about is listening on radio to the Joe Lewis fights, you know? And you always see those images of African-American households sitting around that radio with Joe Lewis. He meant more than just being the boxing champion. And that's what I was trying to point out or learn. What did that win mean to the black household? And it meant an awful lot. Ahmad Rashad, Len Elmore, guys that age, their fathers were glued to the TV then. Well, you know, what you've put together is is quite extraordinary. I have to ask you, though, because in today's world, uh, which seems to get worse every day, we're going to try to change that. How can we use this sport to bring some serious love back to America and the rest of the world? But we got to start at home. How do we do this? I mean, you guys have got a great start here. How can we help you, and how can you help us? We've got to bring love back to our society. Well, you you want to take that question? (laughs) That's a tough question. You know, especially I mean, you you see, you know, all the hatred that that's been exhibited in the world. Even the last few days, I mean, my God, the Pittsburgh situation, the Kentucky situation. I mean, it just goes on and on. But there has to be some type of awareness, and somewhere along the line, and it all down to leadership, I feel. And, and, and leadership has to point, point the direction. You know, sure, everybody has to understand. I mean, when we look at we, we here's another Michael Jackson song, Man in the Mirror. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Man in the Mirror looks at himself. You know, he has to start somewhere. Let's start with yourself. Yes, you're right. 
I love that idea. Listen, I know you guys have to go. Thank you so much for all of your time and your effort on this. I know it is extraordinary. We want people to tune in. It's on ESPN. Um, it started on October 9th, and this airs through November, I think through November 13th. Yeah, every Tuesday night except Election Day uh, for four hours. Right. So uh, okay. two, two more times, but then you can get it on the ESPN app. You can just call up any of the any of the short any of the short stories. You can get them individually, also, Tanya. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for all you've done. Don't forget to subscribe to Hollywood Live Extra. Uh, you can download it. Don't forget to download it to SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. Make sure you download all of these episodes. You don't want to miss any of them. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review. I'm Tanya Hart. This is Hollywood Live Extra at AURN.com. Hollywood Live Extra, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.